Hello and welcome aboard episode one of the Railway Report, a podcast dedicated to informing you about the latest news, issues and events from the UK railway industry. I'm your host, Matthew Barnes, and coming up on today's show, I will be talking about Transport for Wales' success at reaching its train availability target every day over the past year. I will also be discussing the planned improvements for the Esk Valley Line, and I will then tell you about the latest plans for the reopening of Reston Railway Station in Scotland. Later in the show, you'll be taking a trip into the past with me to the year 1830, where together we will learn about the first intercity railway line to be built in the world. That is all coming up throughout today's episode of The Railway Report. Now then, the first story I'm going to tell you about today is all about how Transport for Wales, the train operating company which operates the Wales and Borders franchise, have matched their train availability targets every day over the previous year. Essentially, this means that passengers travelling on Transport for Wales services have experienced less cancellations and more onboard capacity. TFW have teams who are responsible for the maintenance of the fleets located in Holyhead, McCunliffe and Cardiff Canton and it is them who alongside the planning and operations team have managed to increase the availability of trains. As well as an increase in the overall availability there has also been an increase in the miles per technical incident. Transport for Wales Rail Services is currently owned by Keolis and Amy at a 60 and 40% stake respectively, although the Welsh Government are currently nationalising the franchise which was aimed to be carried out over the weekend of the 6th and 7th of February. The the nationalisation of the franchise will see Keolis Amy move to having a more minor role in the business of the train operating company. Until October 2018, Arriva Trains Wales was the train operating company that operated the Wales and Borders franchise, uh, which preceded Transport for Wales. ATW began operating back in 2003 when it took over Wales and Borders, which was owned by National Express. When Transport for Wales took over from Arriva Trains Wales, it inherited a fleet of trains which included 31 Class 150, 24 Class 158 and 27 Class 175 diesel multiple units. And between 2019 and 2020, TFW managed to obtain more Class 153s, 170s, as well as a number of Mark IV carriages from other operators. In November 2020, the very first Class 769 entered into service, which subsequently resulted in Class 142 paces to be removed from services, as happened with other train operating companies across the UK. Jonathan Thomas, who is Transport for Wales's head of fleet, revealed the company's pride at having hit the train availability target, especially given the difficulties and challenges it faced back in 2018. He also said that by producing a review onto the structure of the organisation which allowed TFW to fulfil their plans and hit their target. Meanwhile, Marie Daly, who is TFW's 
interim chief operating officer, uh, said that despite the year of 2020 being so unpredictable and unprecedented, the team at TFW have never halted in their work and commitment to providing reliable services for their customers. She congratulated all fleet colleagues and thanked them for giving the TFW a team a reason to smile. So this story was taken from Rail Advent's website and a link will be available in the description of this episode if you would like to read more about it. Right, the next news story is courtesy of Network Rail, who have released a statement this week about the planned improvements on the Esk Valley line between Middlesbrough and Whitby. Sections of the track will be upgraded by Network Rail in order for smoother and more reliable passenger journeys. Part of the track dates back to the 1940s and the hope is that the work will minimise the amount of future maintenance works required on the line. The upgrade will be taking place between Friday the 12th and Sunday the 21st of February and will see the replacement of more than one and a half miles worth of track. The work will be taking place in areas such as Commondale, Danby and Castleton Moor. In addition, wooden sleepers and the ballast will also be replaced. The project is reported to cost around £2.7 million and these specific upgrades will continue the work started in September of 2020, which involved track improvements between Danby and Lealholm stations. The director for Network Rail's North and East route, Matt Rice, said that the upgrades are vital so that safe and reliable services can continue to link communities along the route between Whitby and Middlesbrough. He added that the improvements will allow passengers to enjoy travelling on the line and connect to the North Yorkshire Moors Railway for future generations. Back in July of 2005, the Department for Transport's Community Rail Development Strategy chose the Esk Valley Line as a community rail line, and since then it has been reported that passenger numbers have steadily increased, even up to 50% in some areas. If you are planning to travel on the line, then be aware from 20 hundred hours on Friday the 12th of February, trains will continue operating between Middlesbrough and Nunthorpe. However, the line connecting Whitby to Nunthorpe will be closed. There will be two bus replacement services in operation. One which will call at all stations on the route between Whitby and Middlesbrough and another which will be a direct and subsequently faster service straight from Whitby to Middlesbrough. These will remain in place until Sunday the 21st of February. Passengers are however reminded to follow the latest guidance from the government and stay at home, except for limited reasons. The final news story for this instalment of the Railway Report is from Scotland, where it has been reported by the Scotsman that a railway station on the East Coast mainline will be reopened almost 50 years after its closure. The village of Reston, which is situated within Berwickshire, saw its railway station close back in 1964 after originally opening 118 years earlier in the year 1846. This week it has emerged that Network Rail has publicly stated that it hopes a two-platform railway station could be built in the village of Reston. The Scottish Borders Council's planning committee approved the plans, which was a culmination of over 20 years of work from local volunteers and campaigners. The Scotsman reports that the council, which is backed by the Scottish government, has created a fund worth around £10 million for the plans. 
The Scottish Transport Secretary, Michael Matheson, said that he believed the fund would help give the affected communities many benefits, which include the improved connectivity to Edinburgh as well as down south into England. The line passing through the plan station is still in use as part of the East Coast Main Line, which joins cities in Scotland like Aberdeen and Edinburgh with cities in England such as York and London. The campaign to reopen Ruston Railway Station dates back to the early 2010s when the Scottish politician John Lamont MSP backed initial proposals to reopen the station. In 2013, a published study suggested that both East Linton and Reston railway stations should be reopened, and since then there have been numerous plans and proposals for the reopening of the station. However, none have actually been implemented. It is hoped by residents and politicians alike that this is the final proposal before the station is actually built. The plans for the new station include a footbridge which will connect the two platforms, fully accessible lifts and a new road to access the station from. It is expected that construction will begin in Reston later this year, but that depends on a number of factors, notably the impact of the pandemic on finances. This is undoubtedly good news for the communities that have been campaigning for the reopening of the station for many years. It does, however, remain to be seen when the building will be completed. The hope is there, though, and local people can begin to look forward towards having a railway station serve the village of Reston once again. It's now time for the final segment of the episode and a spot of train time travel. You and I are going back to the year 1830, which was when the very first intercity railway line in the world was built right here in the United Kingdom. Created by civil engineer George Stevenson, the Liverpool and Manchester Railway was opened on the 15th of September in 1830. The stations on the line included Rainhill, Earlstown and Eccles. It was the first completely double-tracked railway throughout its entire length, and it was also the first to rely entirely on steam-powered locomotives. The total length for the line between the northern cities of Liverpool and Manchester measured as 31 miles, which is equivalent to around 50 kilometres. The journey time was estimated to be around the two-hour mark, and as a result, many stagecoach companies were forced to close their operations after the line had opened due to how impractical it was to compete with the railways for business. The line received much success and praise during much of its early operating life, although changes were made in 1831 to the Liverpool terminus. Originally opening at Liverpool Crown Street Station, the directors of the railway decided that the station was too far from the city to be considered convenient and set about building Liverpool Lime Street, which was officially opened in 1836. The line was also the first to be operated under a signalling system. The role was carried out by local policemen at various points along the line, with handheld flags being the most common form of signalling. 
The system played a big role in maintaining the first known example of railway timetabling, with the policemen being required to monitor and control the trains on a time interval basis. According to a book written by Walmer in 2007, policemen were responsible for showing trains various signals depending on the situation at hand. For example, if a train had broken down or stopped on the line, a policeman would have to run around a mile down the track to prevent any oncoming trains from continuing. Despite the early success, many incidents occurred as a result of how new the railways were. The most famous incident was that which involved the death of a British statesman and Member of Parliament called William Huskisson. He was tragically run over and fatally wounded by the subsequently well-known locomotive called Rocket. 1845 saw the absorption of the Liverpool and Manchester Railway by the Grand Junction Railway, which had previously opened its first line in 1837 between Warrington and Birmingham. In 1846, GJR became part of the London and Northwestern Railway. The Liverpool to Manchester route is still popular today, although this specific line is now secondary to the route that goes via Warrington Central. Electrification was announced back in 2009 for the Liverpool and Manchester traditional railway line and was put into place fully by 2015. Looking back now, the Liverpool and Manchester Railway set the precedent for railways in the UK. It spawned the passenger and goods railway industry, which later saw a line such as that of the London and Birmingham line and the Manchester and Birmingham line open. To say that the very first city-to-city railway line opened in your own country is something that is pretty remarkable, and I think it sets the tone for the Railway Report podcast. I hope you enjoyed learning a little bit about the Liverpool and Manchester Railway and do feel free to get in touch if you would like to share any thoughts whatsoever. This show was recorded on Sunday the 7th of February 2021 and all stories, facts and figures were correct at the time of recording. On the next episode of The Railway Report, alongside the latest news from the railways, we will be going back to the year 1921 to find out about the Railways Act, which grouped the railway companies of the day together into four separate entities. If you would like to read more about any of the stories I mentioned today, then you will be able to find links in the description of this episode. And if you would like to get in touch, then either send an email to therailwayreport at gmail.com or send a message on social media, and the handle on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram is at the Railway Pod. I will be back with another episode of the Railway Report podcast next week, but for now, that's all. Goodbye.